Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on October 29th, 2023 on the basis of Daniel chapter 6, verses 10 to 12 and verses 16 to 23. We love stories, don't we? And part of the reason we love stories is that we get to see things through someone else's eyes. It's what makes stories powerful. You naturally begin to self-identify with one or more of the characters. And when you do that, you start to put yourself in their shoes and see things through their eyes. You may even think about what you would do if you were placed in that very same circumstance. That's what I want us to do this morning with two stories. The first story is about an aging bureaucrat who has spent his life working for a foreign government. Now, that was never his life goal, to work for a foreign government, especially one that worshipped false gods, yet that's the situation he found himself in, and he always made the most of his situation. He used his God-given abilities to the fullest and was a man of integrity. Over the course of his lifetime, he had seen his fair share of good times, which perhaps was surprising for him and his people who were in exile. There were times of peace. But he also had his fair share of adversity, which is more of what you'd expect for a Jew who was exiled in Babylon. This bureaucrat's name, of course, was Daniel. At the time of our text for today, in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel was working under his second foreign government. He had spent his younger years working for the Babylonians, men like Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, and now he was serving the Persian government under King Darius. Daniel was wise, knowledgeable, and faithful. As a result, King Darius had grown quite fond of Daniel. But not everyone loved Daniel. A group of Daniel's co-workers were set on getting him out of this position of authority. Whether it was jealousy or something else, they were highly motivated. In order to find something to accuse him, they chose to watch him closely. Surely, after watching him for a time, they'd find something that he did that lacked integrity. But they couldn't find anything. Think about that for a second. They spied on him for a while and they couldn't find anything. With with that detail, you're getting some real insight into Daniel's character. He was a man of high character and integrity. You also get a little bit of insight into the amount of hate that these men had stored up for Daniel because they persisted to accuse Daniel. If they couldn't accuse Daniel based on an existing law, well, they'd make up a new one. Remember, they had been following Daniel for quite some time. They they knew his patterns. They knew what he liked to do and what he often did. They knew his worship and prayer life. And so if they could convince Darius to make a new worship law, well, that would threaten the devoutness of Daniel to the one true God, and they would certainly have plenty to accuse him on there. So they appealed to Darius' ego. They encouraged Darius to make a law that everyone must pray to him for 30 days. Of course, Darius liked that plan, and he signed that decree into law. For 30 days, people could only pray to Darius. Anyone who prayed to someone else would be punished by death, being thrown into a lion's den. What would Daniel do? Should he pause his worship practice of prayer for 30 days to avoid the trouble? 
The law didn't say that he had to pray to Darius, just that he couldn't pray to God. Would Daniel take his safety into his own hands, or would he continue to worship and pray and trust in God to take care of him? What would you do? If you were found yourself in Daniel's shoes, how would you handle it? I suppose the the question really is, how important is worship and prayer to you? Would ceasing worship and prayer for 30 days be easy for you? If so, what does that say about you? The second story is one of a devout German monk in the 16th century. This German monk served faithfully in an Augustinian monastery, but he was always troubled by his conscience. His conscience was constantly accusing him. You see, he knew that God demanded righteousness, which means perfection. But he also knew that he was far from righteous. He loved God, but to him, God was synonymous with inescapable wrath, judgment, and punishment. Could God possibly love him? He lived that way until he read and properly understood the book of Romans. Then it clicked. The righteousness that God demands is not something that we produce, but something that is given to us by faith in Jesus. The breakthrough is grace. It's difficult to to put into words just how freeing this must have been to him, feeling constantly accused by his, his conscience. Now he had been set free, given a clean conscience. He could breathe for the first time because he had heard the gospel. God wasn't just wrath. God was love and grace and forgiveness. This monk's name, of course, was Martin Luther. But this precious truth that Martin Luther had discovered in Scripture had been so obscured by the church at his time. It was nearly lost altogether. And sadly, the truth that Luther clearly found in Scripture was opened, or was opposed by the church and the state in that day. Luther eventually was called to appear before uh, some of the most powerful men in the Holy Roman Empire at the Diet of Worms. A diet is like a meeting. And so they called him to this meeting. And at this meeting, in front of these powerful people, they asked him to recant, which means to take back all of the stuff that he had said and and written. All the stuff that he had written that clearly proclaimed what Scripture proclaims. But if he didn't recant, he ran the risk of being labeled a heretic. And they burned heretics at the stake back then. So what would Martin do? What would you do? Would you stand on the truth of Scripture? Or would you compromise to save your own skin? Would you boldly profess what Scripture says? Or would you recant the part of the truth that that would be convenient for you to recant? Daniel and Martin Luther's situation certainly aren't exactly the same, but they both, both found themselves facing possible execution for exercising their faith and standing on the truth. They both had an easy way out. Daniel could have stopped praying. Martin Luther could have recanted, but neither took it. Daniel continued to pray and worship, and, and his enemies who were following him found something to finally accuse him of. They caught him praying in his home, and that led to a quick accusation, to a conviction, to sentencing. Daniel would be put in the lion's den. And as the stone was rolled over the lion's den, all Daniel could do was trust in God and probably pray more fervently than ever before. 
What a night that must have been. But the Lord miraculously shut the mouths of the lions, and Daniel was unharmed. The Lord had delivered him from danger. Martin Luther spent the night thinking about what he was going to do. Uh, would he, what would he say? Uh, he had been called before the, the powerful men of the Holy Roman Empire and asked to recant, but he was given one night. What would he do? The next day, he appeared one more time before these powerful men and was asked to recant. But he refused. He stood on the truth of Scripture and precisely what Scripture proclaims. Luther, too, through certain key people, escaped execution. The Lord had delivered him from danger. Now, this would be a really easy spot to say, look at the trust that these two men had in God. They are heroes in their faith. Yet, their faith is not their work, but God's. God gave them faith. God cultivated that faith. God strengthened that faith through the working of the Holy Spirit. This faith was given to them as a gift from God. Ephesians 2 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Saved by grace through faith. It is a gift, which means it's freely given and unearned. The faith God gives is powerful and steadfast because it is connected to your powerful and steadfast Savior. Jesus faced more adversity in his life than we will ever face, and he never wavered, not once. He perfectly trusted the Father. He perfectly carried out the Father's work, and through faith, you are connected to your Savior and his work. Through faith, you are righteous. Did you catch that in the Romans passage today? Romans 3.22 says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So the main message of the stories of Daniel and Luther is not believe harder or believe better. Be like these guys. The main message is look at how powerful and steadfast of faith God can and does work in you. Oh, Luther knew this well. He knew that this faith did not come from him. Listen to the hymn stanzas from a hymn we sang earlier today. If God had not been on our side and had not come to aid us, our foes with all their power and pride would surely have dismayed us. For we, his flock, would have, would have to fear the devil's wolves both far and near, who rise in might against us. Their furious wrath, did God permit, would surely have consumed us. And as a deep and yawning pit with life and limb entombed us, a hellish storm would o'er us roll from Satan, who desires our soul and seeks to overwhelm us. Does that sound like a guy that thinks that he's so great because of the faith that he has? No, but listen to the last verse. Blessed be the Lord, who foiled their threat, that they could not devour us. Our souls like birds escaped their net. They could not overpower us. The snare is broken. We are free. Our helper and our strength is he who made the earth and heavens. It was not by Luther's strength or Daniel's strength or by your strength that you stand firm, but it's by God's power and strength worked in you and worked in them. The faith given and strengthened by the Holy Spirit, that faith is steadfast. What if things would have worked out differently? What if Daniel was steadfast in his faith, but the lions devoured him? 
What if Martin Luther stood on the truth of Scripture but was burned at the stake for it? Would their faith have been futile? Would that have been evidence of a wavering faith? No, not at all. Trust is not a means to an end. You don't trust your spouse just so you can get something out of them. You trust them because of who they are, because they are trustworthy and faithful. Similarly, you don't trust God to get something out of him. You trust him because of who he is, the God who loves you, who sent his son to save you, and always keeps his promises. So, Daniel and Martin Luther put their trust in the Lord, and they knew whatever happened to them, the Lord was with them. They could just be faithful and steadfast and leave the results, leave the outcome up to God. That's what faith does for you. Faith trusts in Jesus as your Savior and knows that forgiveness and heaven are one through him. Faith trusts in Jesus as your reigning king and knows that no matter what happens, he is on the throne. Faith trusts in Jesus and leaves the outcome to him. God grant us this steadfast faith. Amen. Hey, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Hey, could you do us a favor? Could you hit like or or subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast? That really helps us get seen by more people so that more people might hear about Jesus and and hear the same message that you're hearing. We hope you you come back and and enjoy another sermon next week. God bless.